For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories number 30. This is the second installment of Wandering Toward Home. My name is George Taylor, and I'm your storyteller. This episode of Jesus Stories continues Jesus' meandering journey toward Jerusalem, his last journey to this city that he loved. Jesus continues his ministry in this journey with teaching and healing, and some of his teaching will be very direct and pointed to his hearer, and that includes you and me. And we hear some of that teaching today. First, let me remind you that these Jesus stories come to you because of your support. We appreciate you telling people about this podcast, and there are ways to do that, obviously through social media, as well as in real life. You visit our webpage, jesusstories.info, click on the Share This Podcast tab, and you'll find all the links there, as well as a workable technique to share with others when you meet them in person. Have you considered being a financial supporter for this podcast for 2022? You can set up either a one-time donation or a monthly contribution for as little as $3 a month. And yeah, you heard that ridiculously low number right, $3 per month. Just visit our website, jesusstories.info, click on support this podcast. You can also be in touch with us via email, check the website for our address, or via social media. I'd love to hear from you. A DM, a response to a post on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn would be fabulous. Just check the website, jesusstories.info, and you'll find all the links there. So let's get to our story. If you remember last time, Jesus is making his final trek through the regions where he has ministered as he goes to Jerusalem. This trek is on foot, so he encounters people along the way. He teaches, he heals. He sent out 72 of his disciples in pairs to the cities where he was going to visit when we talked last. Those 72 came back overjoyed at the reception that they enjoyed. And then we heard him tell a famous parable, the parable of a good Samaritan told to an expert in the law. So, as Jesus travels, a woman named Martha opens her home to him, from other events in the Gospels, we learn that this home is probably in Bethany, a short hop from Jerusalem. Martha, being the great hostess that she is, was in the midst of all the preparations required for Jesus' entourage. That is, 
She's cooking a big meal. Martha is in the kitchen. Meanwhile, Martha's sister, Mary, is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. Now, this was an unusual spot in this day and time for a woman. Yes, a disciple sat at the feet of a rabbi to hear his teaching, but this was not the place for a woman. Yet Mary is here, and Jesus is teaching. Martha comes out of the kitchen with a request. Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus responds, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. In other words, Martha, and these are my words, you're going to too much trouble. Mary is quietly listening, and that's okay. We don't know any more about this encounter. The lesson is presented for us, and now we move on. And we see Jesus in prayer. His disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now, Jesus has talked about prayer before. If you remember from episode 14, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus modeled a prayer for his hearers. The response Jesus gives now is very much like that prayer. He says, this is how you should pray. And again, I'm going to give this prayer to you in 21st century English. He says, Father, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. And keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. To help his disciples understand more about prayer, he then tells a parable. Suppose he says, you need to borrow some bread. You've had a visitor arrive in your house in the middle of the night, and you need to feed them. Now, remember, there aren't any 24-hour grocery stores to go visit. So you knock on the door of a friend's house. You explain the situation, but your friend turns you away. We've locked up for the night. My family is asleep. I can't help you. Again, remember, in this time, the house is probably one or two rooms at the most. Jesus continues, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you what you need. And this is because of your persistence, not because of your friendship. Jesus continues with the point of the story. And so I tell you, he says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. If you're a father, he says, and your child asks for a fish, would you give him or her a snake? Or if you're a child asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? No. If you, as a sinner, know how to give good and proper gifts to your children, what about your heavenly father? He's talking about Jehovah God. Wouldn't he know how to give much more, giving you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? Now, I've told you that Jesus was heading toward Jerusalem. He's now arrived, but this is only a temporary visit for a holiday. The time is for the Feast of Dedication, a holiday we call Hanukkah. 
This occurs in late December, so it's winter. He visits the temple. He walks in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. The Jews gather around him with a question. How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus had hinted at his identity as the Messiah, and many people had placed their faith in him. Now he is being challenged to tell the Jews directly of his title. Jesus responds with the statement, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. Then he invites them to consider the work he does in the name of his Father. You don't believe me because you are not my sheep. Jesus is invoking an image he used not too long ago. We talked about the sheep image in episode 27, Blind Man's Bluff, if you remember that one. Jesus said that his sheep will hear his voice and follow him, just as a shepherd's sheep will come to him, ignoring any other shepherd who might call to them. So Jesus says, you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. Thus, I am not your shepherd. My sheep listen to my voice, he continues. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Now, let me summarize this teaching for you. He's saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are one of his sheep and he is your shepherd. As one of his sheep, he knows you. You follow him. He gives you eternal life. You'll never perish. No one can take you away from him. The Father, Jehovah God, gave you to the shepherd, and he is more powerful than anyone else. Jesus closes then with this statement, the Father, and that's Jehovah God, and I are one. At this, the people pick up stones to kill him for this perceived blasphemy. Jesus asks, I've done lots of good works at the direction of my father. Which of these works is worthy of stoning? The people respond that this is for stating that you claim to be God. Jesus responds with some amazing logic. I'm only quoting scripture, he says. In Psalm 82, God says, I say, you are gods in talking with some people. If the scripture says this and they are authoritative, then why do you call it blasphemy when I say that I am the son of God? Jehovah God set me apart to do the work I'm doing. Don't believe me unless you see what I'm doing is from Jehovah God. If you don't believe me, at least believe the miracles you've seen. Then perhaps things will come together for you, and you will see that not only are we doing the same thing, we are the same, the Father and the Son. He is in me. I am in him. Again, the people, the Jews, try to arrest Jesus, but he slips away. He went to a place on the other side of the Jordan River, close to where John the Baptist had ministered. He stayed there for a while. Many people followed him and believed in him. They noted that John didn't do miracles, but the words John had spoken about Jesus were true. Jesus is now in an area called Perea. This was ruled by Herod Antipas, whom we'll hear more about later. 
He's been there before, Jesus says. At that time, the scriptures called the area the Gerasenes. And if you remember, he drove out demons out of a man into a herd of pigs. Then he sent the man to his family to tell all that had happened to him. So the man becomes a missionary to this part of the region. And as he goes through this region, an interesting question is posed to him. Lord, will only a few be saved? And this was probably a question that had been debated among the religious leaders and scholars of the day. So, being another rabbi, some were interested in Jesus' take on this question. And rather than debate the question, Jesus turns his response to the individual asking the question. He says, Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but will fail. In other words, you work hard to enter the narrow door. Your salvation is up to you. Jesus has talked about this door before when we were looking at the Sermon on the Mount in episode 15. There he reminded us of two roads, one leading through the narrow gate and another one leading through a wide gate. And again, the entrance into the narrow door or gate is difficult. So going through the narrow door, he says, is difficult. Many will try and fail. Then he moves to a familiar analogy. When the master of the house has locked the door, it'll be too late. You'll stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you came from. Then you'll say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. The idea here is that once someone closes up their house for the night, no one else can get in, no matter how much they plead or beg. So Jesus is saying that there comes a time when it will be impossible to get into the kingdom. You'll be on the outside looking in, watching all the great prophets like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, seeing people coming in from all directions to take their place in the kingdom. The time to commit to the kingdom is now. And then he closes with this statement. And note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And then a warning comes to Jesus from some Pharisees. Get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Well, what an unlikely source for such a warning. It may have been a way to trap Jesus to go back to Judea, where the religious leaders were waiting for him. But Jesus would not be deterred. He gives a message to deliver back to Herod, obviously thinking that these Pharisees were Herod's messengers. Go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Calling Herod a fox was not a compliment, by the way. Fox was not an animal that was considered very highly. And, of course, Jesus is just saying, I'm going to keep working. Then he closes with a lament over Jerusalem. Now, we've said before that this is a city which he loves. He wanted to love and protect her, but he cannot. Listen to these words. 
O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We'll close there with that lament over Jerusalem. These stories are brought to you by you, the listeners of this podcast. If you've benefited from these stories, I invite you to pray about and consider supporting this podcast, either with a one-time donation or maybe even an ongoing donation. Just visit the website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab in the menu, and you'll find out how to support us both once as well as continually, if you prefer. And did you know we're on Patreon as well? It's a great place to check out this podcast and the stuff that will be coming soon for those who support us in an ongoing manner. Ongoing donations can be set up for as little as $3 a month. That's right, just 3 bucks. Think about it. Pray about it, won't you? All of these Jesus stories are available on your favorite podcast player. However, people find out about us because you write and review and rate us. Would you tell others about us? By the way, I got a special way for you to share the podcast in real life. Check out my webpage, jesusstories.info. Click on the Share This Podcast tab in the menu. How are these stories affecting your life? How are they touching your life? Would you share your story with me? Your sharing is confidential, plus it'll offer me a specific way to pray for you, my listeners. Just send me a DM or an email. Find all the links on the webpage, jesusstories.info. That's jesusstories.info. In our next episode, we'll open with a healing of a man on the Sabbath day, of course. Then we'll hear some parables, some stories, if you will, that have some very pointed messages for his listeners, then and now. That'll be on our next Jesus Stories episode. Join us then, won't you? See you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.